0: You know, when a son or a daughter is born, they bring so much joy home, right? If you're a guest today, you wouldn't know this. Uh, We just had our, our third grandbaby born in Houston, and we're gonna fly there tomorrow morning and get to meet Paloma, and we're super excited. And you all know what I'm talking about, whether it's your own kids or grandkids or a friend's child. There's just joy that came into your home and, you know, they're born. And it's just overwhelming, and it's just a goodness to it. And, and maybe it's, you know, several homes, like right? like family and friends. Maybe there's ten homes. When the Son of God was born, joy was unleashed in the earth. <laughs> okay, not like a neighborhood <laughs> or a state, like planet Earth. And so there's like almost 2.4 billion followers of Jesus in the earth today. And so when we think back to what happened at Christmas, there was this unleashing and explosion of the love of God the Father for us. So I wanna pose this question to you and just think through this. How exactly is that loving to us? How exactly did God the Father love us on Christmas Day? I'm going to give you a few, and we're going to roll through them fairly quickly. And the first I would say is this, is that he loved us, he loves us, loved and loves, with his words. But not in the way you might be thinking, like, I love you, baby, I love you, baby, I love you, baby, like we say to each other this way. More in the, well, you see if you can figure it out. Listen to Matthew 1:22 and 23. It says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet." Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they'll call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So God loved us. He loves us with his words, but not like we think on the surface. Think of it this way. He loved us with his kept word, like his promised word. And the reason I say this is because in Matthew 1 there, He's quoting Isaiah. Well, guess what? Isaiah lived like 700-ish years before Jesus Christ was born to Mary on planet Earth. So 2,700 years ago, this old prophet Isaiah said, he's gonna do this. A virgin is gonna have a baby. And 2,000 years ago, he kept his word. And so in the promise made, there was a, a promise kept. And we we have to... Appreciate that and own that. So, when it says, secondly, in verse 23, there's a second way that he loves us. Kept word, but listen to ver- verse 23. When the virgin conceived and bore a son, they named him Emmanuel, meaning what? Stay with me in every venue, at home, say it. Yes, God with us. He, so, the father loved us with his word, kept word, but he loved us with his presence. He showed up. Like he said, I'll be there. And he came, and with his presence, there was this goodness, this, like, you're not alone, which this whole month has been about never alone. Luke says it this way in 2.7, "'She gave birth to her firstborn son "'and wrapped him in swaddling clothes "'and laid him in a manger "'because there was no place for them at the inn.'" That's just one of those phrases you just kind of blow over. She gave birth. What is the birth? The birth is the son of God came to earth. It's like, what? Like you kept your word. You said you would do it. And when he did, it was a presence with us. But thirdly, he gave us presence. And a, and a lot of you kids are super excited about tomorrow morning. Some of you about tonight because some of you have the tradition that we do where you get to open one present on Christmas Eve and you just can't wait for me to stop talking so we can sing a little bit more and get home, right? Amen. And some of you big kids. And, and so he gave gifts to us. And I hope you'll never hear this, this universally known scripture. I hope you'll never hear it the same. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. What does it mean that God the Father gave his son but that he gave us a gift? The son is a gift. The son is a gift to mankind. The son is a gift to you and me, to us. My, son-in-law, my son is engaged to be married. We're about to get a son-in-law in our daughter-in-law in, in, um, (laughs) sorry, um, in April. Brenna is her name and she and Zach are so in love and watching my son be in love has been fun because he's done all these things. I can see his words to her when we're together. I can see his presence where they're pretty much, if you don't know where Zach is these days, he's somewhere with Brenna. Right, and the presents given—you know, a ring placed on her finger—but there's a fourth way that God loved us that Zach will will never be able to give to his bride to be, Brenna, and that is God loved us in giving us His life. Right? It says in First John 4:10. It says it this way: "This is love, not that we've loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be a sacrifice for our sins." Paul said it this way to the Roman church. He said, God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There's no greater expression than giving your life for another. But it wasn't just like an heroic like, love story where a guy or a gal gives their life for another and you know, cue the orchestral music in a movie. It was giving his life for our sins. There's a difference, right? Like, yeah, maybe if somebody gives... If, if Patrick were to spare my life one day by pushing me out of the way of a car and dying for me as a friend, he would prolong my life for a few days or years. I know you're going, what? Um, but he couldn't bear my sin in doing that. It would be a, the greatest act of love between friends, but it wouldn't be the bearing of my sin. And that's what, that's what Jesus did. He spoke his words. He, you know, he kept his words. He He showed up, he gave gifts, and he laid down for us, giving us his life. Some of you know, I bought a Jeep a few months ago, and I discovered along the way that all these years, there's a thing called the Jeep wave. All Wrangler people unite. I know some of you are here. Can I get a J, any Wranglers? All right, so I didn't even know this thing was real. And, and I kept wondering, like, why are these people doing this to me? And then I found out, if you own a Wrangler, you wave at each other. And it's a family. You're not alone on the roads. And there are times, though, when I'm with my daughter, and she'll say, Daddy, that man waved, and you didn't wave. I'm like, oh, I forgot. I forgot. Yeah, I was lost in the song. But there are also times when, when I wave, and they don't wave at me, and I'm like, You know, instead of the J, I wanna do the L, like loser. Like, we're, we're family. Like, how could you not wait to me? As if I never forget. And it's fun, it's really fun. But it's a silly thing, it's a little thing. It's not eternal. It's not really a family. This is family. Not just Carmel, and not just the church in Charlotte, the the 2.38 billion people on planet earth and all those who have lived and died since the time of Christ, we are a family in Christ. And that is a mind blowing concept. But I want to turn this just for a moment to to you. And I want you to hear this. He loves us because he loves you. He loves y'all because he loves you. He loves Y'all, plural, because he loves you, singular. What am I getting at? It's easy to feel like a face in the crowd. And when I say God loves you, some of you can mentally connect and go, yeah, but not so much me. Because I bring a lot of baggage to the table today. And I'll bring a lot of junk to the table today. And that's a lie. It's just a lie. The truth is God knows you, sees you, and on your best day and your worst day, He perfectly loves you. He says, you're never alone. This series of you're never alone because of the hope we share together, the joy we share together, the peace we share together, and the love that we share together in this moment, that we are fully, completely one in Christ and you're not alone. Now, as we segue into just a short time of prayer together, I want you to hear another ancient prophecy And I want all of you to imagine that you're just a kid today. I see a lot of gray hair and a lot of no hair. And I see, I'm just speaking that from one of you. um, And I see a lot of young. Let's just all feel like sons and daughters for a moment. I want you to hear this because it's gonna be easy for you to look at this ancient text I'm gonna read from the perspective of the older, but I just want you to be a kid for a second. Zephaniah 3.17 says in this ancient prophecy that he'll take great delight in you. All over this church and all over the world watching, would you say, that's me? And that was quite weak. We'll try that again. He'll take great delight in you. He'll quieten you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Moms and dads, have you ever gone into your kid's room when they were little and sung softly to them? I remember the pack and play that you loaned us when we got Lexi unexpectedly. And I can still hear that song that that pack and play would play over her. And I know you do too for your girls. And there's this joy of a little one, a parent singing over a child and and oh, how he sings over you today. And you go, Christmas is not about you or me. It's not, it's about Jesus. But hear me, Jesus came for a reason. And that is you. The life, death, and resurrection of the Christ child brings the forgiveness of sin and the hope eternal that makes us a family today and forever. And I pray that all of you old folks and all of you little bitty folks and everybody in between will go to bed tonight and wake up in the morning thinking about the fact that God says he delights in you and he sings over you and y'all this day. So fathers, we bow our hearts before you. We just can't express, it just blows my mind, father, that you would sing over us as a father sings over a child the love that you have for us and I pray that every soul in this room every soul in uptown auditorium every soul in the student center and every soul somewhere watching in this moment with the backdrop of little voices in the room and music that we could with sanctified imagination, hear and receive the love you have for us. Father, I pray quickly to two types of friends in this room and everywhere in the moment. Father, if there's anyone here that has never given their life to you, may Christmas Eve 2023 be that day. May the fact that the realization, the opening of their eyes that you love them deeply enough to give Christ for them. I pray that they would confess Jesus is Lord right now. That You would forgive us of our sins fill us with your Holy Spirit commit this moment to follow you the rest of our days thanking you right now that I'm a follower of Jesus that you're my dad and Father I also pray for all the rest that have doubted your love in any way this year would you allow them to step into the the new year with strength that comes from knowing that my dad loves me and blesses me and sings over me and delights in me. We receive that blessing, Father. And fathers, we give our offerings to you this Christmas Eve, this Sunday morning. We give them back to you because you gave yourself for us. And so we take this portion of our lives and give it to you now and ask that you would build your kingdom right here into the ends of the earth. In Jesus' good name, amen.